Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am your host, Mahad. I am joined by Kwame, Marks, and Kunle. And a special guest. Finally, he's arrived. This is on us. It's not on Quick Stop. <laughs> finally. This is on us. It's, fi- it's finally. We have yeah. Nasha from Quick Stop. How are you? Let, I'm, let I'm good. I'm know. good. I'm good. You know what? Yeah, there's one time where Ian Wright, when he went on match of the day for the first time, and he was like, oh my God, this is what it's like inside the telly. This is what it's like for me right now. I'm like, I watch you guys on YouTube and now I'm like in the TIG and it's just like, it's incredible. I'm so happy. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, man. It's, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, uh, for those uh, who are watching on YouTube, this is Nasha from Quick Stop. Make sure you check out his channel. Plug all your socials, Nasha. And, yeah, no. Uh, go, go ahead, man. Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're Quick Stop F1. It's not me and uh, a girl called Tandy. Unfortunately, she couldn't be here today. Um, so I'm representing for both of us. But follow us on all socials at Quick Stop F1. We've got a YouTube. We've got a podcast. Uh, and, yeah, we, we kind of started at the same time as you guys. And uh, and it's good to be, like, brothers in arms in this uh, in this podcasting out there in this F1 world because it's spooky out there, bro. It's spooky times, man. And we're like the pioneers of this thing. We're like going into the wilderness right now. 100%. Sandy, Sandy couldn't come on. She's the queen of F1 yeah. content, but unfortunately, 100%. but she can come on next time, hopefully. But yeah, one question we always ask our guests yeah. is, how did you get into F1 and what is your favourite F1 moment? Oof. Let the people um... I, so when I was a kid, you know what, man? I just always used to, I loved sports. Always used to love sports. And I was just sitting in front of the TV watching sports. And I must have one day, I kind of been older than maybe eight, just been flicking through the TV and Formula One's come on. And I must have just started watching and gone, this is sick. And I used to love like car racing games as well. They were my favorite type of like PlayStation games. So I think it just like that love of like racing and uh, whatever just captivated me. So I was just watching, watching F1 from when I was like eight years old, I guess my earliest memory is my earliest clear memory. My mum used to bring me, we used to go to Costco and she used to get those big 
box of strawberries and I used to just sit there in front of the TV munching strawberries. But I do clearly remember Damon Hill winning in 96. God, I'm old. Um, I uh, I remember that. I remember the Murray Walker line and everything. And uh, that's like proper Don't stuff. Don't worry. We have a couple cast members that remember that moment as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. I'll hold it down. Yeah. You're not alone now. Do you know what I mean? So I just, yeah, that was like, um, yeah, a big moment. But my favourite moment, my favourite F1 moment, you know, I was thinking about this. I think I'm going to say that my, I'm not going to lie to you, yeah. It's going to sound weird, but like Silverstone this year, yeah, just felt like, I think because I was first year of content creating and like, just everything that happened with it and getting able to make content after it and just experiencing everything that happened. I don't think I've ever been that happy after an F1 race. I feel everything so much more this season than I did before I started doing content creation. So obviously like when Hamilton won the title and and like all those other things, like they mean a lot, but everything that's happening this year feels like times 10. It's crazy. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Silverstone genuinely is one of my, my favorite uh, F1 moments ever. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a big moment because we're going to remember that in the history of F1 as well. That's not one of those ones where it's just the context of the season. It's like, that was a mad race and a mad incident. And if it incredible, I, I was, I, I was in Belfast at the time. Um, uh, visiting a friend and you know they went into F1 and I was like guys do you mind if I so the day before I'd like dragged them into a sports bar to watch the sprint race and and then on the Sunday I was like guys can we please watch this race like and they sat down and watched it with me and they were like oh, like do you mean like going crazy and I remember saying to them like guys you don't even realize that like, this is like this is mad like this crash is going to be spoken about for years that this is actually like proper era defining and uh i think with everything that's kind of happened since you know and, and with monza as well um yeah I, you know this season is just going to go down as, as a classic whatever happens and just being able to document it the way that we are i think is uh really special as well yeah definitely and it's been a pleasure imagine we started on a season like this there ain't been a season like this in so long uh bro i mean and this is when we started yeah. it's crazy Honestly, we're 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 really fortunate to uh to to be able to do what we do. Like I just feel like for us to be able to document it and to to have our own platforms and to do it the way that we want to do it in our own ways as well. Um and to you know give that perspective in a season like this, which I think needs our perspective more than ever. I just think it's Bro, we're five black brothers on a podcast wearing do-rags right now. I've just looked at all of us. <laughs> Look at this. Listen, I was going to say this. Let's address the elephant in the room right now. Uh, people that are watching on YouTube, they're thinking, all you men are wearing do-rags. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are. Yeah, we are the do-rag Avengers. Obviously, I'm Hulk. Green, you know. But the people that are listening on uh, the Spotify have no idea what's going on. Yes, we're all wearing do-rags. We all came in uniform. Yes. We are proud black men. This is 100%. what we have to do. 100%. Exactly. 100%. But thank you for coming on. And thank that you. that kind of, this season's been crazy. And I feel like sometimes we need to just take a step back. It's been a crazy season, a lot of races. And kind of just look at the story so far. And just to, leading up to what's happening this weekend in Mexico. And seeing what's happened between Lewis and Max. There's been a lot, a lot of discussion back and forth. 
about this title race. It's been one for the ages. This is not something we can deny. And I, I wanted to kind of speak about the things that kind of get glossed over when we usually do pods. We usually do on race weekends and we don't get the opportunity to talk about the underlying storylines throughout the season. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to just delve in and have a deep dive on what's going on this season. So Max Stappen leading my 12 points this season. We've seen Merck win five races. We've seen, uh, no, six races, Red Bull win eight. Uh, no, no, six, Merck win six races, Red Bull win nine. And it's been quite close, 23-point gap in the Constructors and 12-point gap in the World Drivers title. Um, there's one thing I wanted to discuss today, and I'm going to ask you this, Nasha, as you are, I guess, we'll ask you this question first. A lot of people have been going back and forth about who has the fastest car out of Red Bull and Mercedes. I would say at the beginning, it was more uh, Red Bull have it at pre-season testing. And then once we got onto that little route of Portugal and Spain, everybody was saying Merck had it and it's been going back and forth ever since. Who do you think has the fastest car? Why are the fan bases quite reluctant to accept that their car is the fastest? That's one thing that's really strange to me. It's It's strange until you remember what they throw at Lewis Hamilton and what they're trying to position Max as. So for years, they've said Lewis Hamilton only wins because he has the fastest car. He's only in that position because Mercedes have been unchallenged for, for the last, you know, for six years that he's, he's won the title. And obviously the seventh, you know, with uh, Nico winning that one title. So for them to then admit, or for them to position Max as having the fastest car throughout the whole time, it kind of diminishes the achievements or what they want to put Max up as, as Max is a superior driver taking a Red Bull car, which is beating the mighty Mercedes. And, you know, he is a great white hope about to take over F1. And look, like Max Verstappen is very talented, but I don't think we can run away from the fact that for large parts of this season, the Red Bull has been, a demonstrably quicker car. I think, um, you know, the regulations have really hurt Mercedes. And I, I really don't think that, you know, we're five races from the end. I don't think they'll ever be with that car in a position where it's in a sweet setup spot. Um, Red Bull have been developing that car all season. Um, and yeah, for sure, there's been tracks which have suited Mercedes. Um, but I think overall, and even if you look at Austin, um, you know, uh, once Red Bull got that car set up the way they wanted it to, uh, you know, I think they would have if if Lewis didn't get into the first corner ahead, I think that Red Bull would have would have driven off into the distance on when the pace they had on the medium tires, and that race would have been over. So, I think for me, I, I believe over the you know in general, I reckon around maybe seventy percent of the season, the. The Red Bull's probably been a quicker car uh, and then Mercedes having the opportunity here and there. Um, but fans will always want to play down the car to big up the driver, I, especially Red Bull fans. Uh, I think that's I think that's their kind of MO this season. And, you know, that's fair play to them. I don't agree with it, but, you know, I don't agree with much they do. So what can you say? It's, it's a strange, strange, strange world, F1 and their fan bases. And I'm going to come to you, Kunle, on this. Do you think... This is kind of them trying to juxtapose their position and try to say, look, you accused us last time of Vettel having the fastest car and we won four in the bounce. We don't want that reputation anymore. 
just please credit our driver rather than Adrian Newey? Do you think that's that's what's happening at the moment with Red Bull fans? I mean, there's always going to be Newey tax, regardless. You know, that's probably the greatest car designer or if not one of the greatest that this sport would see or this sport has ever seen. Like, the man has single-handedly made world champions by giving them literally the fastest car. But um, this year, I don't know. I feel like it's been in two phases, right? There was a point in the season where Red Bull had the single lap pace. You know, they would dust everyone probably half a second. But you knew either because Lewis was that good or because Mercedes sort of found a better race setup, you knew there would be that race there to go for. And then, and there was a point where they couldn't even, no one could touch Red Bull. It was just ridiculous. Like, I I have nightmares of Austria 1 and 2. Like, those were horrible. Like, I wake up and I'm seeing 15 seconds. Like, I get PTSD now when I think about it. They were piss take races, man. Max those was having a jolly up. Those were bad days. Those were not the days Mick Mill were talking about. You know, <laughs> I didn't. I those were not the days Mick Mill was. Those were not the days Mick Mill was rapping oh about. Definitely not the days. But but also as the season also evolved, I think I think I think Mercedes sort of found that it's not the sweet spot. It's not the best setup, but they found a setup that they could extract the most out of the car. And they've given some very great performances, you know, some even like, you know, it's, it's been it's, it's been that good to a point where the races where you think, okay, Mercedes should win this now. You know, a couple months ago, we were not thinking about, it was more of like, do we even know if Mercedes, is that, are there even any Mercedes tracks left? You know, because, you know, Red Bull turned up in Bahrain, ran Lewis to the line. Literally, any other driver in Lewis's car, Max is winning that race. We'll call it what it is. And then it progressed. Lewis Hamilton tax, man. Lewis, yeah. You know, <laughs> couple races in this year. The same thing in um was it Barcelona? Which one? Which one was that first um, big um, It was Barcelona with was Barcelona. Lewis made that strategy work. The yeah, Only you know, Lewis could do that strategy. Yeah. So yeah. And and there's there's couple Lewis taxes on those wins, and some of them, but then I like to be a fair man. I don't like Max Verstappen. Everybody knows what I think. You know, I think it looks like a penis. That's <laughs> what I think. Like, I'll, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I listen, yeah. But, 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 but don't worry. We won't get, get cancelled. We won't get cancelled. If you listen, we can't get cancelled, yeah. People might, wanna call, let, people might call us biased and stuff like that, yeah. But we're all biased to different things. So, therefore, no, no. Can I address you this? Now, let me address this right no. now. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Right now, I'm sick and tired of this shit. Yeah, I've never, I've literally, yeah, I, I can't move without some neek talking about ah, your bias, your bias, bro. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm allowed to have like just because I support a driver doesn't mean I can't have an opinion. But also, let me have my fucking biases, bro. Like people, if I support Arsenal, I'm gonna support Arsenal. But that doesn't mean I don't know ball. But people in F1, yeah, I'll tell you now, this is why you know, the word bias, yeah, they only bring that in when you talk about Hamilton, it's racism, bruv. 
I'm telling you now, yeah. One hundred percent. Because they're trying to dis- they're trying to diminish. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to diminish your opinion no, on no. F1 because you're a Hamilton fan, and they try to say, "Oh, because you only know about Hamilton, you're a Glory Hunter." This and the other. They're trying to call you a Man United fan in the nineties. Burn that, bro. I'm not having it. I hate that word bias. I, you know when people go in my mentions and they're like, "Ah, you're biased." I actually, yeah. Okay, anyway, I said. You know what? I'm sorry. You know sorry, what? We'll get, we'll get to that. No, no. Let, let me just say this. Let me tag on the back of that. You know the whole bias thing, yeah. You know we're not Sky Sports F1, right? You know we don't need to. We don't need to have be bias. I'll say what we, I we want. can be bias. We we have no responsibility for you lot. We're not your dad. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not we don't need to be. It makes fair no sense and how they caught. It don't matter. It Listen, no I'm black. I will support bias. the black driver. I am black. I will support the black driver. I don't care. What in the word, in the words say. of Issa Rae, I support everybody black. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I don't even get the whole bias thing. Like, we have a black Ferrari fan. Yeah, true, true. We have two. We, we have two. We have two. We have Ferrari. We have an Asian. We have Anik as well. We've got Anik a black Williams fan right here. In the pod. <laughs> got a black yeah. Williams fan. You know, oh, that's you, bro. Williams. Oh, you know, oh yeah. I he's, about that. I about he's been rocking with Frank Williams from way back. You know. But yeah, back to Damon my point. Damon Hill hype, you know. Bloody yeah, yeah, back to my point, like. Okay, Max no. has, I'll give the man his credit. He's done what he had to do in races this year. You know, if he didn't have that higher blowout in um, Baku, we might not even be here right now. This thing might have been done. So he's had his races where he's had to take control and he's taking control well. You know, what I, what I thought he used to do in the past that he would make mistakes especially like in Q3 where it would go wide somewhere or it would, you know, or it would have a spin somewhere or it would have a bad start. He sort of tidied that up. You know, Red Bull have given him a car to say, all right, my G, go bring us a title. And yes, he's been stupid at times. Yes, he's been talking and he's been, he's been max basically, but he's also... I would also give him that credit that I would give an average 23-year-old. I would also give him that credit. And I also give him the fact that, you know, he's a 23-year-old 24. doing this. Is it 20? Okay, yeah, 24. I mean, you know, 007, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. I don't need to explain what that means. But he's doing this in front of a whole world. He's doing it in front of millions of people, you know, and it's not easy to do that. I I give a presentation in front of 10 people and sometimes I'm shaking, you know, inside of me, I'm shivering, I'm shaking. So now imagine, I cannot, I cannot imagine what a driver that's gone around 60 laps at maximum speed. I'm not expecting him to come on the podium and have composure or know what to say when things have not gone right for him. So I also understand, I get I get that part, I get the criticism of that. But I also give him that credit, you know, he's done what he has to do, he's driven well, he still looks like a penis, but he's doing what he has to do. Um, do you know what? You have to give me, give me flowers, you know what I mean? Because we're seeing a maturity and a level of growth that we wouldn't expect from last season. And and one thing I've noticed about Max Verstappen, when he's in the lead, he's an excellent front runner. So this is the kind of thing where you, you 
you, there is there is bias. Obviously, if you support Lewis Hamilton, you support Lewis Hamilton. You're not you're going to be reluctant to give um, your position flowers, you know. And I think it's 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 going to be quite a title fight as we go down the line. But I don't. I think it's getting a bit toxic. It's getting a bit toxic, and that's what we kind of want to discuss today as well. But Mars, I'm gonna to come to you. Sorry, just before you go to Mars, just we, okay. Go I just go. want to. I just want to let Max Verstappen fans know that if this boy don't win this title, I I will be hella toxic on that timeline. I saw a man with a tattoo saying I'll, "World hey, I'm, I, I I put my bookmarks. I'm going <laughs> to that tweet. that. I'm I bookmarked it. I I'm going to that, that. tweet. I'm going to that tweet to ask him, what year is this title coming again? But yeah, let's hey, just, listen. Let's if Lewis wins, that. if Lewis wins, that might have to be the pod cover. Not gonna lie, yeah. not gonna lie. Quick yeah. stop. We're gonna have to do a collab. Hey. We're gonna both do it at the same time. Yeah, you know no, I just now we're gonna go live for that one. Trust me, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna stream that shit live. <laughs> Best belief. Oh gosh. Um, before before we move on, Marks, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the upgrades because Mercedes have had a lack of upgrades this year. Um, mm. They've said they're focused on 2022 and Red Bull have been bringing upgrades every race. Um, what do you think between work doing a massive upgrade in Silverstone compared to doing incremental upgrades to how Red Bull have been doing it throughout the season? Who, who's had a bigger advantage of that? Because we've seen Merck catch up after Silverstone. Um, I think you can... It's clear to see it's the magic of Newby, really. Um I think uh what's I think well quick stop you mentioned it last week about the changes how Mark brought only two like two changes and they've made they look for um more in massive improvements rather than small incremental improvements, just like you said Mahad as well. Um but I think those small incremental improvements into what was already a very, very good car. I mean, we've seen what the um the Red Bull have said about the engine and how they waited for it and how Honda managed to perfect it this season. Um, how all those small incremental changes are just helping for each race. And you, you kind of, and I say it's the ma- more magic of Newey because you saw over the past couple of weeks when he wasn't there well, after he had his accident, how Red Bull was losing points. Even though we were at Mercedes stronghold tracks, the, um, the Red Bull wasn't, that good, I would say. It wasn't as we were seeing before. Like it, in Monza, it was okay. I, I wouldn't say it was particularly great in Monza. And in Sochi, it wasn't great either. Um, but as soon as new, I mean, we've come back to another Mercedes stronghold track and then Newey's come and he's made his few little tweaks and then boom, they have the fastest car again. So you can see these small incremental changes is someone that really understands the car. Um, and he's between Newey and Max Verstappen, they're both able to get the small, the smallest of margins out of it, whether it's just that, how it's going around the, the corners, um, that it's really good around slow bend corners. It's yeah. It, what Merck has done, it just hasn't worked. Like you can't just say, okay, we're going to do just one massive upgrade or two massive upgrades. Um, in between uh, Silverstone and now and expect to be challenging in the same way that Red Bull are. It just doesn't make sense because 
you're not understanding each track. Like Red Bull are specifically making their cars for each individual track and it's working for them. And Merck are just like, we will hope for the base. It's like shoot and hope. You know what I mean? You know, back in the day where you just used to get the ball and you shoot and you pray it goes in. Like, that's what Merck are doing at the moment and it's not really working. It's not worked. I want to add to that as well. I feel like um, Mercedes this year, I feel like they've been very complacent as well because obviously they've all had, you know, the past six years back to back. Um, so yeah, past seven actually, well, past six, seven years back to back. And now this is the first time where I feel like they've had, you know, a very, very close uh, title, you know, compared to, yes, you've had um, Ferraris who are dead here about, but the Red Bulls, they've kind of put everything to this towards this year because the new, you know, Honda, you know, is going to leave after the season. Um, they knew the uh, regulation changes into next year. They're not, you know, they're not 100% sure what's going to happen. So I feel like this, they thought this is their best chance in getting uh, a, a title, being a constructor or um, driver. And they put, yeah, do you know, um, they even you know, gone present as well this year. And it's, it's showing, it's showing in the results this year. Who wants it more, my opinion? Do you think, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to you, Kwame, on this and then National you tag on as well. Do you think fan bases and so on are kind of disrespecting engineers in the sense of that these guys can upgrade cars and it's not due to cheating? They're just just they're just good at their job, you know? Every time there's an upgrade, we saw um just before um USA, oh yeah, Red Mercedes are cheating, look at the rear wing, whatever. Or if Red Bull all of a sudden I've got speed out of nowhere, oh yeah, they're cheating. Yeah. Uh, when are we gonna just respect engineers, man? These guys went uni. These men are doing hours on end in the factory. Why do we always have to come to the point where oh, they've just got two tenths out of nowhere? They must be cheating. I think. I think we're losing you because you know it, it's the fan base, isn't it? But it's the fan base is like a lot of them. I don't think they understand necessarily. To the cars in depth, what's getting changed? Um, be that the different engine, like for example, we have the um, we see a lot of you know drivers take engine parts, for example, and uh, we're seeing the race of the engine parts get faster. We're seeing like you know the upgrades as well. I don't think a lot of fans necessarily understand being changed, and because you know they see, oh, hold on, wasn't um, uh, uh, let's say Red Bull that race were dead, and now this race all of a sudden the fastest car. They just, you know, all of a sudden say, ah, oh, these guys are cheating. The same with Mercedes, example, how Mercedes were very poor in the beginning of the season. Ah, man. <laughs> now, yeah, I like, think we're cutting out a little bit. Towards the <laughs> end of this part of this year. Uh, it's, it's fine. Don't worry. Well, but my point is, like, now that Mercedes are improving, now that's why Mercedes are improving, the fans, you know, just the Rebel fans have been so, and they're just. They're it's just, it's, it's not, it's just. I think what you're trying to get across is like it's not a fundamental you know, understanding of the engine how cars work. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think it falls like, on that. Wait, I just want to say something quickly. I feel like it comes down to like Ferrari in it. Like we saw when Ferrari what? was doing well, it was they were cheating in it, and it clearly was they were cheating. So it's like every time now you see them now the Red Bulls come and they've been a competitor to Merck. You're getting a lot of Merck fans going, yeah, the Red Bull are cheating. They're cheating. And then, obviously, now, 
anytime that like now the Red Bull fans just expect their car to be quicker than the Mercedes. There's like anytime some um Mercedes make an upgrade or do something, make any change, it's like they're cheating. But it all stems back to Ferrari. I don't think if Ferrari didn't have that illegal engine all those years ago, none of this actually happens. No one's going to be doing all this cheating claims because there's no basis. Everyone's basing this on their opinion of what Ferrari did. And the fact that Ferrari managed to get around the loophole or even the fact that last year, um, Aston, not Aston, well, Aston Martin Racing Point, they were allowed to then also copy the Mercedes and in effect cheat their way to dump the, to the third position. So you're getting a lot of that. I think people are basing it on what other teams have done in the past and now they're applying it to Red Bull and that Mercedes and no one's really, yeah, no one's really, uh, yeah, as what Carmen said, no one understands the fundamentals of the engineering that actually goes into these making these cars. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think. Yeah, go on, Nigel. Sorry, I was just going to say, uh, one thing I was going to say was, yeah, the Ferrari thing I definitely think has skewed it. I think we have to look at, I think, F1 as a package and what gets sold to people and what they take out and what they regurgitate from that. So F1 as a package, you know, despite the the rule changes that were put in, in place this year and, you know, we were kind of made aware during pre-season testing about how that would affect certain cars and, you know, how it wouldn't affect uh, or how it would benefit other cars, you know, that narrative doesn't get pushed after Bahrain, basically. And, you know, then we just have this new order, this new pecking order of cars. But, you know, people may not understand that, uh, you know, because of the regulations, that's why the Mercedes isn't in, you know, that's why the Mercedes form may fluctuate from track to track because they're still playing about their setup based on the rake of their car. For example, in in uh, in Austin, you know, they had to raise the ride height of their car because of the bumps, because of the damage they did after FP1. And that's, you know, massively derailed them in terms of setup. But, you know, unless you go looking for those types of things, I don't think you get told them. So, you know, I think people then start to make up things or start to assume, oh, wow, you know, how can someone's car, you know, just suddenly be that much quicker or, or you know, how come someone's, you know, form can kind of go off a cliff the way that it does uh, and so forth. So uh, I think everyone has a duty to uh, educate people and just in, you know, yes, the entertainment side is good. Yes, you know, the storyline stuff is good, but, you know, I guess we get this new audience in. Let's bring these guys up with us in terms of let's lift the the technical knowledge and the technical understandings. I'm not a technical guy. We had a technical guy on our pod last time, Byron, and he was spitting. And I was he was teaching me about things. And I, you know, there's a level of engineering that I don't understand, but there's a basic understanding of fundamental things which I guess inform my F1 knowledge, but I think you know, with 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 where F1 is, with the way so, social media is, I think there's always going to be, you know, that element of of fans. You know, and I, I don't think like the uh, the Red Bull and Mercedes protesting absolutely everything on the other car has helped either. So I think those things combined with the Ferrari factor that that was mentioned before, I think definitely contribute to. I guess engineering ignorance within within fan bases, but that's just something that I guess I guess you kind of deal with when you have uh, when you have 
when he gets a new influx of fans um, and who have been kind of brought on through a dramatised uh, a dramatised version of the sport. Definitely. And I think that drive to survive as well really fanned the flames with that sheet and stuff because they covered it quite a lot with the Ferrari. And they must think it's the norm if you're a brand new fan to it and you've just started watching Formula One. They must think, okay, this happens all the time and so on. So I can understand why they've dramatised it and fans tend to uh, fan the flame of controversy. And I think with new fans as well, the technical knowledge isn't there. And they shouldn't have, they wouldn't have the technical knowledge. This is a very technical sport. You wouldn't expect them to have that kind of thing. And your last guest, uh, was it Bryson, was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, he was great. He had such in-depth. Uh, and that's the kind of people we want in F1 to be talking because breaking down difficult, complicated stuff into simple terms will help people understand. So we don't have these arguments and these situations where people are saying, this team is cheating, this team is cheating, and so on and so on, without understanding fundamentals, of course. Yeah, and I think we're just in a, we're in a stage where it's very tribalistic. You know, look, maybe, you know, I can't even say that I am not part of that. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you're in such an intense kind of title fight and you're, you know, you've got two sets of fans who clearly, you know, I feel like the war of words has stepped up quite a lot this season. I think there's always going to be an element of mudslinging uh, from one side to the other, no matter how much there's probably a lack of basis in that. But, you know, that's just part of the sport, I guess, now. And like I say, you know, um, for those who do want to get educated on it, there's so many resources out there to kind of bring you up to speed on that. And there's a lot of people doing that. And for some that don't want to do that, you know, that, that's on them. And as the sport grows, I think that's just something that we're going to have to all deal with as as fans of the sport. Yeah. There might be people that watch Formula 1 and they don't even watch the racing. They might just be out there for the interpersonal relationships with two drivers and stuff like that. that, that that's just, there. we have to accept that. We have they're to just accept there. that. They're out there. So... Um, what I, that brings me on to a good point because this title race has been toxic. Whether it's been on the track or off the track, there's been a whole level of, you know, and I don't mean to sound like too harsh of just people hating each other. And I feel like the media has fanned the flames. I feel like social media has fanned the flames as well. And I think the team principals themselves and the drivers may have been contributing to this as well. So I kind of, this is what we wanted to kind of deep dive today and have that conversation because I think teams have a responsibility. Firstly, um, we saw Silverstone and some of the comments that um, Christian Horner made. Um, it's basically saying Lewis did that on purpose when Max crashed out and intended to, uh, intended to crash him out. And kind of the backlash that came behind that, the absolutely repugnant, horrible racial abuse that um, Lewis Hamilton received in his social media. Um, do you think, do you think, Conley, do you think there's a responsibility between, you know, these team principals and the F1 media to kind of not fan the flames of this rivalry too much where it becomes too toxic? Um... Do I think there is some responsibility? Yes, I think so. Do I expect them to take up that responsibility? Not really. Because again, like you just said, the sport has become 
the sport has always been dramatized. Let's not act like it's not always been dramatized. You know, people with early memories would remember the way title challenges have always been hyped up, especially when there's like two major contenders. It's one title. It's one title. And in a season where you get to have two major contenders off the back of about seven seasons where there's not been, you know, about five or let's say five, give or take, five seasons where it's not been that way. This man, this this brother, they're starving. You know, the media is starving. And there's finally something for them to eat on. There's finally something for them to write think pieces on every week. They would definitely eat on that. So I'm not expecting any sort of responsibility on their part. And on the part of the the teams, I'd say if I want to be logical, I want to be logical and keeping a buck. I'd say the, the, the I think I think I think that 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 thing that they do is just a way of trying to absolve themselves of any kind of pressure. None of them would come out and admit, oh yeah, we're under pressure, but you watch this man for 62 laps. You see them shaking their legs. You see them tweaking. You know, they're sitting in one place, but they're tweaking. They're shaking. It's sunny outside, my G. It's not cold. You're not meant to be shaking in the sun. But you see Christian Horner is shaking. He's biting his fingers. You're seeing Toto Wolf is banging on tables, you know, screwing their faces. They're under immense pressure because you want to be the you want to be the team lead of the team that wins. You don't want to be the team lead of the team that comes second because no one's going to remember you came second in a few years' times as a constructor. You know, that's that's them, the constructors. And I feel like that toxic that toxicity is coming from the needing to want to win. And they cannot really... I don't think they can take it out on the people that work for them or the people that work on their teams because you need to have them motivated to win. So instead of doing that, so they just, you see, you know, more, you know, classic example is Jose. You know, Jose comes out, press conferences, you know, when he, when he wants that, when he's back in his team, it's like, you know, we did all we could do, but the refs, the other team, yada, yada, yada. It takes that pressure off his own team for probably a bad performance. And it's the same way, it's the same way you'd expect Christian Horner to come up and say it's not Lewis, it's not Max's fault, it's Lewis's fault. And you'd ex- it's the same way you'd expect, you know, Total Wolf to be on the phone to Massey to say, Hey, we have 62 emails in your inbox. Go check them. That's that's what I'd expect. But based on the nature and I'd say the atmosphere of the sport right now. You, whether or not you want to admit it, whether or not they want to admit it, whether or not Christian Honor wants to admit it, whether or not the doctor, I don't even know who gave him his doctor, but, you know, that's a story for another day. Mr. Whether Marco. or not, Yeah, Mr. Marco, whether or not he wants to admit it, you should know that the things that you'd say about another driver would give a certain group of people ammunition to go after that driver. Yeah. Say say uh, say what say whatever it is that you want to say. You know, whether or not you want to be logical, whether or whether or not you want to be a fan, you know, 
It doesn't have to be. You don't. You don't have to come out and say he's he's a dickhead. You don't have to come out and say he, he acts. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just an example. No, you don't but you know what? I hear you. I hear you. I hear it's you. It's the undertones. There's a line. There's a line. It's the undertones. It's the you know. It's undertones. Is there? You've been driving for this many years. You should do better. You know you can't undertones. That's quick. overtones, brother. You know. You know. You know. You cannot go quick into that corner. You can't stick your nose. You can't stick your nose in cops. You know, he said he was, I hope you're happy with the, and I hope he's happy with himself. You know, you know, uh it was it, it was really uh yeah, it was, so it was bad. It was bad. So 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 I mean it's been odd. The last the last time I remembered probably F1 being you know this toxic was Lewis Hamilton and um Lewis and Rosberg, yes. And that was more of like a, you know, it was more of like the civil war because it was internal. You know, you, it was everyone, everyone, it was Mercedes fans now divided in between two drivers. That was internal. But now it's not internal anymore. It's now a group of new set of fans who like, you know, the, the face of their, the, their own face of the sport is Max. And they're backing their man. But then... There's also a group of fans who do not like Lewis because he's black. Let's, let's call it what it is because he's black. Now, you know, it's the new white savior. And you're giving these guys that ammunition to, like, go after you go after him. And that in turn, and I hate to say this, some of some Lewis Hamilton fans are very toxic. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I know, I know people, all, of, all fan bases have toxic. Uh, individuals exactly. I know. I know that certain people might watch this and say, "Oh, he's waffling." I understand it. <laughs> no, I'm not waffling. I'm a black. Man. You might be. I don't know. But let I'm the, a black the audience. I'm a, audience. I'm a black. I'm a black man that walked in front of Upton Park when West Ham have lost. All right. Good luck to you. Rather uh, yeah, you than me, brother. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So I know it. I get it. But we just have to be realistic, you know. Maybe, maybe he's been triggered from us having to be defensive about something that we again. Lewis is like an egg that we shield, or we try to shield so much, like you know, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing can happen to Lewis, you know, because this guy is the is the only one we have. It's not like he's one of ten. It's not like he's the one in ten that's excelling. You know, it's the only one we have. It's the only one. So if you're gonna come at if you're gonna come at him, then you're coming at us. So in a way, I could sort of understand it, but I also get the toxicity, and I can also see that toxicity on that side. You know, let me let me just stop because I feel like I'm just gonna go on and on and on. Okay, I feel yeah, like I can me... go on and on and on about this, but <laughs> yeah. But do you know what? Yeah, I think there is a line. There is a line between saying the protecting your driver. You have to protect your driver because anybody saying, "Well, why did Toto say that?" or "Why did uh, Helmut Marco say that?" about or praising their driver. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to protect their driver. But to go out and attack the other driver verbally, that's where the line is kind of drawn. Because even if your driver was in the wrong, we kind of saw this in Monza. They kind of they knew Max was in the wrong. So that they didn't say anything about Lewis at that time. They didn't. They knew their position 
they had to just protect Max and keep it moving. But in Silverstone, they went out on a visceral attack on Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolff and Mercedes and so on. Do you think, um, uh, Nasha, do you think this environment is good for the drivers in terms of like going down the line with these races and having that type of pressure? Or do you think these team principals are not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Um, uh, no, I, I don't, you know, I think at the end of the day, I have been quite vocally critical of Christian Horner this season. Um, uh, I I think that he's always been, you know, pretty, uh, you know, in the words of uh, Suge Knight, uh, you know, all up in the camera, dancing in the videos um and like he's he's really been front and center for red bull this season more than usual because of you know how good they've been but he christian horner himself has admitted in drive to survive he loves to poke the bear he loves to like you know prick uh total wolf and, and see where he can get back and you know before it was just you know a vocal thing and they'd protest things on the car because you know they were normally you know seven tenths to a second behind in pace so you know that that's how he kind of got his kicks off for the weekends but now the car is significantly more on par with mercedes you know he has an opportunity to talk every weekend and uh, uh, you know for me uh, I think the Silverstone stuff uh, was, I think there's, I've had a lot of time to think about the Silverstone stuff and Toto Wolf's interview that was given, you know, at the time of recording today. And we have to remember Silverstone was a concerted team effort from, you know, we had Christian, we had Helmut and we had Max who hardly ever tweets, tweeting out and putting stuff on his Instagram talking about how Lewis Hamilton celebrated. So to have the force of that on the black driver, we know what's going to happen. No one's going to go up in Max Verstappen's comments and start sending him racist abuse because it's impossible. It's, I couldn't, couldn't even send Max racist abuse if I tried. There's no such thing. Okay. So he's not even ever going to be on that side of things. Whereas we knew as soon as people were saying that stuff, we knew he Lewis was going to suffer racist abuse. And, you know, it's good that uh, Red Bull didn't follow that up in in Monza. Like you say, I do think that you know that was the admission on their side that it was it was Max's fault. I, I I don't think I think Toto what he did today was was clumsy at best. I I would say it was I would say it was ill advised. I would you know I think I've liked the higher you know the 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 higher line that Mercedes are kind of taken with Christian and Red Bull this season that you know they won't really respond and you know they won't you know Christian's a motor mouth and he'll do what he wants to do but I think inviting Red Bull so inviting the Daily Mail into your home for a puff piece when you're 12 points behind in the drivers championship doesn't smack of you know leadership that is concentrating on winning the title for me um and again I don't think it helps Lewis because now going back to your question Instead of us, the drama of the championship, yes, I want to talk about the championship. I want to talk about the cars. What's going to happen now is we're now going to go back to Silverstone and we're going to have this comparison between what Toto said today and what Christian said then and and what Red Bull did then. And, you know, I don't think they're comparable, but we're going to have those comparisons. It allows the door open for more abuse to Lewis and, and Mercedes. And for me, I think with Sky... And you know Netflix, I'm sure, and whatever they are 
just they are really milking this for all it's worth. I think, I thank God the on track action is on par with it because otherwise I think you'd feel a bit sickly. Um, and I hope for the next five races it carries on being a good race. Um, but I don't agree with. You know, I'm not a fan of the back and forth. It was fun to begin with, but I feel like it's quite a tired act now uh, between Toto and Christian, to be honest. And mostly Christian, but yeah, I I didn't like what Toto did today at all, to be fair. Yeah, for listeners who may not be aware, and and viewers, um, as of today, yeah, Toto Wolf um, did a vanity piece with Daily Mail, invited him into his home and was like talking about his life and talking about the championship and so on. And I don't know if he's got like a PA or some PR team or somebody because I don't know if he knows who Daily Mail are and how many articles they've written on Lewis Hamilton since 2007. And none of them were flattering. He, so he, he knows. <laughs> like, he, I have he, no he, idea if, what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, if he's ignorant to it, that makes it even worse. So either he knows and he done it anyway or he's ignorant to it and he done it, and uh, where the fuck have you been for like the last fifteen years, bro? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, to us as black people, we know where the Daily Mail are. So to see him up in there, not even promoting anything, is a is a vanity piece. Uh, just I don't know. It seems weird, and it seems really ill timed. But that's me. Yeah, I, I, I would say like, especially with the timing of it. And we were just speaking about how Christian Horner and Helmut Marko were fanning the flames. In this article, he's fanning the flames with five races left. Basically saying if Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were going around the corner on the last race in Abu Dhabi, it would be a Prosena moment. And Max would intentionally crash it. What are we What are we doing here? What is he trying to sell papers for Daily Mail? I don't understand what he's doing. If it, imagine it's, if it happens as well. Like, imagine if now it does come down to it and they do come together and something happens. Like, it's just going to be impossible to contain. And Toto this year has, you know, whenever he's spoken, it's not inspired confidence. Like, whenever he speaks about the car, the engineers will come out and say something completely different. You know, he gets on the radio like, yeah, we can do this. And that's like, well, you kind of hear from him on the weekends. And I like, I don't know, man, this season I'm looking at Toto, but I'm going to, we'll have that discussion end of the season. I don't want to get into it now because we might still win, but. I can't lie. It's total under surveillance. Toto Toto hasn't even beat the the allegations of telling Bottas to crash into Max. uh, I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. This is allegedly, as I said, it's allegedly. allegations, the allegations, allegedly, in it. But yeah, I think it's just for I admire Toto all so much. Like I've I've constantly said I want him to become the director of football at Arsenal. I think within sports, when you look at sporting directors, general managers, um just that directors of sporting performance and stuff, Toto Wolf is up there as that the greatest. Like we talk, we when you look at how he manages the team and how he gets everything done over the past, especially the past seven years, 
to do what you've done is completely unprecedented to what you've done, what he's done. We have, obviously, we saw it with Ferrari in the early days, um, but that, that Ferrari dominance isn't the same as this dominance that Mercedes have had, like where the dominance has just been so clear. At least Ferrari had challenges with McLaren back in the early 2000s. Um, but this one has just been so clear to see. And he, he's up there with the Sir Alex Ferguson's in terms of getting teams together. The Bulls from the 90s, that guy that, um, I can't remember his name, that got the team together and put them together. And those are the type of things that will go down in history. Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, that's it. Jerry Krause. Those are the, those are the names that are going down in history um, as uh, yeah as as sporting managers and to do what he'd done, especially as he's been so um, I should say visually he's been so supportive of what Hamilton's trying to do to go and then go behind that and do a piece with one of the most unflattering newspapers, especially when it comes to black people. I mean, they don't have anything nice to say about black people ever, ever really. Like the Daily Mail, like even they even dropped an article the other day because I remember I, there was a couple of us arguing with the guy on, on Twitter, I'm sure. There was like a couple of us arguing with him about an article they dropped about Lewis Hamilton. It's just, it's just, it's bad taste really. It's really bad taste and, it's a misstep from Toyota. As you say, it could be ignorance, but even ignorance is ignorance can't be that bliss, can it? You you can't be having that much money and be ignorant. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. He he, he, he made that. He knows what he's doing, man. I don't know what's going on. And first line, make, first line says, says Toto Wolf is very worried about the creases in his shirt. What the fuck is going on here? Well, I don't understand what this is. Why you got these men in your house? I don't, I don't know. And then like. It's just the Daily Mail, all papers. Like, if it was the Athletic or something, like, make it a respectable sports newspaper, not a gossip newspaper. It's fucking bullshit, bro. I'm not, I'm actually, I'm was, actually getting, I'm getting just, heated. I'm actually getting heated. If it heated. was a Sky F1, I could fully understand it as well. Like, even if he was doing an interview with PDR and he had invited PDR to his home and he done, started, they were doing a piece of Sky F1. That would be, I could that fully, would be nasty, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can fully understand it, though. But it makes sense. It makes but sense. It, it, exactly, it makes sense. But uh, I don't think you understand, like, there's three things I hate in, a, in F1 world, yeah? The Daily Mail, Christian Horner, and, yeah, I, it just doesn't make sense. It really love doesn't struck, make sense. Love struck emoji Twitter of F1. Uh-huh. They're nasty. <laughs> Oh my god, PDR's number three, man. PDR's number three. PDR's number three. But look, PDR's yeah, yeah, number yeah, three. There, there, there is there is there is no understanding why this article came out. Some of the stuff he's saying within the article, he's basically you know what, accused, yeah? he accused Max, he accused Max of deliberately do, doing can the I, crash can I just ask though, like, We can all think that it. you gotta say that. Can, for those who read it, yeah. Is there an article that looks like it could have been done earlier on in the season and they just dropped it now? Or is it just like, does it does it read like, yeah, it was done within right. the past couple of weeks? I mean, it's it's definitely was done after Monza. Okay. Um, and I would say that it was most likely, I reckon, I mean, yeah, sometime between Monza and Cota. 
Um, I'm trying to think when he would have been in, would have had time to come to England. Um, but I mean, uh, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. It just like, uh, it, I don't know why he's putting himself front and center like this, like now. Um, and, and for me, uh, I, you know, the, the, him saying, I'll because the quote, I actually sent it to someone. So the quote he said about Max is, uh, here we go. The quote he says about Max is, what happened in Monza? Verstappen took Lewis out because he was about to overtake and he was quicker. And that is totally understandable. Now, look, I can go back on my video that I did for Monza. And I definitely accused Max Verstappen of going into a gap that did not exist because he like couldn't let Lewis go past him. You know, whether that's serious miscalculation or a calculation that, you know, either I'm going through this, you know, in football, either I'm getting the ball, I'm getting the man, but both of you aren't going through. And that's essentially what I think Verstappen done. So either I'm going past or, you know what I mean, like something's going to happen, but you're not going into that out of that chicane first. So it's okay for us to say it, but it's not okay for you to go to the Daily Mail months after the fact, whether you said it at the time or whether you said it, you know, a week ago, and just, I don't know, it's a distraction. In, in all fairness, going to run with this now. In all fairness, to, in all fairness to Toto, though, he did go out straight away after Monza and did say it on Sky as well, I think, or very much insinuated that Max took out Lewis. Um, so it's not, I, I can understand if he said it yeah. again. In it, a, oh, he, called it, he called it a professional foul. Yeah. Professional foul, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah but I remember. Okay, why bring it old shit though? <clears throat> got five races left. So, Refocus, no, no, no. My, my thing, mm. my thing, my thing with this article is that, and especially with sorry, so go on, go on, go on. first things first, it's the Daily Mail. I'm sorry, I'm not going to fucking read it. I'll probably see, I'll probably <laughs> see the X, I'll probably see the X, I'll see it on Twitter, I'll see what people ask, I'll see you know the the chops and bits on Twitter. Me would not click on a link that has Daily Mail on it, nope. Secondly, for all the good that Toto has done, and I recognize is, and I feel like if he doesn't give Lewis that ability to be able to do what he wants to do in terms of diversity and, you know, all of this new programs, I feel like Mercedes have definitely created that environment that allows Lewis to do that. And him being the boss of that team has helped whether or not I don't know what else goes on in the background, whether or not it takes negotiating, but him being there has definitely helped. And, you know, I'll give him his credit for that as as an ally, but for all the good in allyship and everything, this is, for me, this is just, this is as low as, you know, as it gets. The Daily Mail, you know, Daily Mail, The Sun, The Mirror, that whole gang, it's 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 a low low and I I I don't know how it, they would spin this in PR. I don't know. And I, you know, I would love to be. You, you can't spin be, it. You can't spin it in PR. Yeah, you might I'll as well have done a round table with PDR and Nigel Farage. That's what you I'll might have yeah. done. That. You know what? You know what? I feel like I feel like everyone on F1 Twitter, we collectively dislike one person. 
regardless of how toxic you are. That's Paul DeResta. But if, I feel like we would accept a Paul DeResta sit down with Toto Wolf compared to a Daily Mail sit down. In fact, it makes sense. As I said, it makes sense for something like that to happen. So I don't. I mean, and 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 what and what and I think we're talking about this before we started recording. And what this would do now is that something is going to happen again, and now they're going to go back to that article, and now go back to Silverstone, and you know there's still the angry allegations. You know that you know, like Matt said, you know they put Bottas out there to go cause wreckage and clear the way. And they're gonna go back to that, and then going to go back to everywhere. You gotta say allegedly. Not, yeah, allegedly, allegedly. You know, I, I mean, I, I write for Bottas, so I don't think Bottas did on purpose. You know, it's VB seventy seven for life, baby. But Yuck. it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be all of that. It's going to be all of that, and all of that, and all of that. And for every race we go to, you, you see the way after Silverstone we were like. All right, this needs to stop. We're tired. You guys remember that period where, like, it felt like everything F1 related was Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen crash, or Max Max Max's crash, and how Lewis Hamilton profited from it, and we we got sick and tired of it. Like it was nasty. It was too much talk, and it was nasty. And we, we might be we might be entering them waters again. Of course, unfortunately, we are. like we listen. There's one more sprint race left, and that's at Brazil. And we know yeah. what hap- what's happened over the last two weekends yeah. where there's been a sprint race. Mm-hmm. Max and Lewis have clashed, mm-hmm. and listen, don't I don't, there, I don't, don't put it out there, man. I'm not, don't I'm not trying there, to put it out there. I'm not saying it will happen, do it. but you know that's what the media are going to start spinning. Yeah, and you know you're going to hear Crofty on Friday practice or Thursday practice whenever they do practice. They're gonna be like, oh, this is the um, this is the third sprint race of the weekend, and we know what's happened over the past two sprint weekends, and they're gonna they're gonna spin it. They're gonna spin of it. Of course they are. That's their people, are gonna, no, people are gonna people are gonna do uh, um, eat it up. So it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen again. But we just hope and pray that nothing serious comes of it. And we hope and pray. Yeah, yeah man. We just get um, some nice clean racing. Before we move on, I'm just going to ask Nasha one final question. You're a Mercedes fan, ardent Mercedes fan, Lewis Hamilton fan, of course. Yeah. If things, what are you most scared of in these next five races? Are you scared of the engine issues, the strategy, the pit stop, the lack of upgrades? What do you think is giving you fear right now for the next five races? <laughs> or is it all of it? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, bro? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, okay, what scares this? you the most? <laughs> nah, let me t- let me tell you now. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would have said. If it, no, no, you know what? Because last week, I think Mercedes ran the only strategy that they could. So, if it wasn't for last week or two weeks ago, I would have said James Files. I don't trust my man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I don't. I, he's he's a bit shaky. Like when it comes to the strategy thing, there's been so many times this season, there's like, there's that 12 point gap could have been erased through like two or three, I reckon four races off the top of my head. I can think of where we've like F the strategy. If I think to France makes me mad. Every time I think about France, I just get mad. 
Monaco, awful decision to come in when we came in. Um, uh, Where else? Where else? Where else? You know what race pisses me off the most? I'm sorry. Yeah. Sochi. Oh, okay. How how come? It's not not that Mercedes, not that Mercedes did anything wrong, yeah? Yeah. It's the fact that Max still somehow finished second. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, that one. I don't he's know how he's, a, he's inevitable. Okay, that... there's a there's a reason, Nasha, why we put him on fraud watch. We put him on fraud watch from Monaco. We put James Who? Brown on fraud watch. James Brown, bro. Yeah. Even guys, do you remember Hungary? Like uh, that decision to like not bring Lewis in, and then oh, he's just like, that lost him the win. But they said, and they said it was a it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't. No, type thing. I, I still think they would have come. They would not have come out last if they pitted. Like they would have yeah. come out. I reckon I... sealed. I, I don't think they. I, I just. I refuse to believe that they would have come out dead last and as far back as he was and had to catch up. Like that, I can't. I can't take that. I can't take that. Um, so that hungry. That's costing the win. And uh, you know, I've yeah. I just think. So obviously, Austin was great. So just to answer your question, so other people can talk. I will say that I'm. Austin worried me slightly, in terms of just overall performance. Um, I, I, yeah, I do think just uh, what it was overall performance, just one of the things. Uh, no, it was engine strategy, pit stops, or lack of upgrades. Uh, I think upgrades, are, I don't think anyone's going to bring any more upgrades. I think what everyone's got is what they've got. So, I, I'm I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with pit stops. Pit stops haven't been great this season again, they were great in Austin, but. Between pit stops and strategy, I'm still not convinced by Mercedes this season. I think the good performances have been... The bad performances have really been bad, uh, especially with pit stops. Yeah, Again, that slow pit stop in Monza cost us the win and we ended up clattering Max or getting clattered by Max. So, you know, I, and I can think of other pit stops as well. Valtteri Bottas is, you know, I'm sure he hates Mercedes pit crew. So, um, yeah. You know, um, that's that's what I think. But I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I'm I'm thinking it's uh, pit stops as well. People think it's strategy. I think it's pit stops. You know, I think there's going to be one crucial race, and then they're going to put eight seconds on Lewis's head top because of a stupid pit stop. And it's been happening with every team. But you man clearly they, have more faith in that engine than I do. Oh, okay. yeah. We don't want to see that, though, man. No, no. I'm just saying, that. like, you might have more faith in that. The engine, reliability right? of that engine is just way just. Bro, you know that engine's been shaking since 20, 2014. Like that engine has never been reliable all year long. It's always been shaky. From when a man said Mercedes have never had to use this much power in their engines before, and this is the first season they've actually had to run their engine at a higher rate um, this season and you've seen the unreliability it's given it's not looking it's not looking good it's not looking good let's do some let's do some I mean Lewis has only had he's only had one on time sorry Um, yeah I wanted to do some predictions quickly I wanted to do a predictions contest because it's kind of tying in what we're looking at in future wise Um, simple contest here what we're going to do is we're going to pick a winner for each race, each of us, and um, we're going to pick who's going to finish higher, Lewis or Max, 
and we're going to decide who's going to get more points, Red Bull and Merck. So we're just going to go through the first five races, the last five races. And whoever wins gets a prize from me. A special hey. prize from me. Well, that's hey, what I'm not buying yeah. protect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't that guy. I don't know what you what rumors you heard. Oh, you're planning that Miami ticket. Yeah, is that... Bad. Like, I see you talking about your car, you know. I'm like, hey. oh, okay. oh, no, no. Okay. He's, bank- he's bankrolling the tin, bro. <laughs> hey, look, my only car is TFL, guys. Oh, my okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that why you're getting okay. that by you? Okay. I always say, I'll oh. say less. <laughs> Podcasters, listeners, yeah. viewers, I'm a simple man. <laughs> but it, yes, man. they shall get a prize. Whoever gets the closest with these predictions, coming to you, Kwame, first, yeah? Brother Kwame, your internet connection sorted out now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I've been okay. <laughs> All right. Me- uh, uh, Mexico this weekend. Uh, who's your race winner? Who's going to finish higher, Lewis or Max? <sighs> and who's going to get more points? That uh, I've got to get I'm gonna give it to Max and Red Bull. Uh mainly just because again that's been a level track. They've been more better and it's more suited to them as well with the, you know with the more uh corners. So I feel, I feel like Red Bull have got that race so you can smash Pearls as well if he's gonna do something wrong in his home one, it's home GP as well. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to RB. Who's gonna finish higher? Max or Lewis in that race? No, Max obviously, obviously. Who's gonna get more points? Red Bull or Mac? In that weekend, collectively. Yeah, I'll give it to Red Bull as well. Red Bull. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nasha? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, yeah? I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. Fuck it. Hey, listen. As long yeah. as you can rationalize it, we're all good. Uh, I'm going to say to you... Uh, uh, you know what it is? No, honestly, all um, theory would say that I'm wrong, but uh, I think that if Lewis doesn't win Mexico, um, that gap is potentially going up to what, like 18, 19 points. 20, if he 20 comes, minimum. 20 if, minimum. If he comes second. Let's say Red Bull do have a really good pace advantage and you know he ends up finishing third. So I think what will be really key for me, if we can, uh, if we look back to 2019 when Red Bull had a clearer uh, pace advantage, uh, Lewis was able to do a one stop uh, by going longer um, uh, or like pitting first and then not stopping again. I can't remember which way around it was, but basically he was able to do a counter strategy, which ended up working a lot better than uh, than other people were expecting it to. Uh, and I still, I, I, I'm not. People are saying it's going to be easy to overtake by Mexico. I've never seen a race where it's easy to overtake, even down that long straight. It's a bit of a DRS train. So um, it's hard to follow into that for, through the last corner, stadium section and out. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Lewis um, because I I need him to win that race. And I if Red Bull could be good at a Mercedes track, there's no reason why Mercedes can't be good at a Red Bull track. Yeah, I think that's gone all out the window with the Red Bull tracks and the Mercedes tracks this season. It's a bit topsy-turvy, you know, with Red Bull winning in France and stuff like that. Um, who do you think is going to get more points that weekend, Red Bull or Merck? 
Uh, I'm going to go Merck again because Bottas is back. Unless there's another engine penalty, I, I fucking man's know. collecting them Infinity Stones. But uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I, at this point, I just don't even I don't even know what is going on with his engine. But yeah, so I think Bottas would be back up there. I think if it's a normal weekend, he should be qualifying between third or second and fourth, I guess. So he's up there. We've got you know that situation where Lewis is two on one. You know, isn't happening. So again, advantage. Mercedes, especially with the Checo qualifying pace, although he has been better recently. So yeah, let's see. I think I think Bottas being back in it is really key, and hopefully no more engine penalties. And I think we'll be able to go from there. Cool, thanks, um, Marts. What's your predictions for Mexico? Who's going to be your race winner? Who's going to finish higher, Lewis or Max? And Red Bull Merck, who's going to get more points? I'm going to be controversial, but. Say I'll say something. Say, say, say something complete. Say Ferrari. <laughs> we're gonna click what you're gonna say. I know you're gonna say Ferrari. You know what? I can is, see yeah. it in your face. I can I see have, it. You want to say Ferrari so bad? I really say. do. I really do. But I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say Checo. I think Checo win win his home Grand Prix. Um, I think it'll be a one-two Red Bull. Uh, Max uh, Lewis will probably get third. Um. I don't think Bottas will be anywhere near the top five. I think he'll finish at seventh. So I've got Red Bull getting more points that weekend. But I've... Do you know what? That's weird, yeah? You're, you're basically saying that they're not going to do team orders for Max. So Checo could win at home. And I can't I see that. Think, I, don't, I don't think they... Oh. Maybe maybe, maybe Lewis will finish second then. then. Okay. Because you're right, yeah. I don't. They will do team orders. Even if there was a twenty second gap, they'll say, slow the fuck down right now, Checo. Checo, alright. You know what? I think Checo, Checo, Lewis, Checo, Lewis, Max, Checo, Lewis, Max. That's how I think he'll finish. I think Lewis might get pole this weekend. Um, yeah. Couldn't they? I think I, I think Miss Merck will be surprisingly quick this weekend than people more than people are expecting. But I think there's an outside chance a Ferrari might. A Ferrari might win, or yeah, or cause a problem. But I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the Monegasque. It might be the Spaniard. Mm. Mm. Okay, cool. Your prediction? Um, Mexico. I feel like Mercedes will get more points. I think it's Lewis, Max, Valtteri, Checo. I, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the other way around as per Max, Lewis, Checo, Valtteri. You know, I feel like that that's the four in that order. Um, Yeah, I, I do feel like Mercedes will get more points, though. Okay. Uh, Kwame, same question. Interlagos. We're doing a back-to-back, so Mexico, then straight to yeah. Interlagos. What are you thinking? Yeah. That's one. That's another one that pains me as well. I feel like again, Lewis, his record at Interlagos is pretty poor. He's only won there twice. Um, you know, I, I don't see another got moving for him in Interlagos. I, I see Max being higher than Lewis, but I see Merck uh, doing better than Bull. Um For the reason that I don't know, but I feel like Lewis about to. I feel it'll be like you know, 
Max one, Lewis two, Val two, three, and then Checo be one fourth or fifth. Maybe get young Lando sneak on podium. Um, but again, it's another fast. I know we said you know we should get away the whole you know Red Bull circuit, the whole Mercedes circuit situation, but it's just easy to base and predict it on. Red Bull have always been good at you know the fastest sweeping corners that these tracks have. Um, whilst you no know, whilst to more of a straight um, line pace, so yeah. Yeah, that's my prediction for that race. Same I don't think the season's over yet at that point, though. Yeah. Same question to you, Nash. Brazil, Interlagos, Sprint Race Weekend. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> I feel like it might rain uh, or be mixed weather. Um, and if that's the case, I think it could be an absolute just slugfest um in turn and it just could be it could be a mad race i am i'm, I'm just gonna say lewis bro <laughs> i don't wanna i respect, I respect, I respect yeah. it. Just no, yeah. no i'm just gonna be honest yeah. I'm, gonna be, I respect it. I'm gonna be honest yeah i went on tom's thing and done this yeah and i, I was saying like uh, people that i didn't want to say would win and it made me feel disgusting watching myself so like i'm doing this now and I just want you to know, I'm never going to say Verstappen's going to win anything. Like, I might even stick in a Checo somewhere. I might stick in a, like, <laughs> I might stick in a freaking, like, Russell. Do you know what I mean? I, I, hey, I, not I, Russell. No, no, yeah, definitely not Russell. But, you know, I'm just, all I'm saying is now, yeah, I just, I'm sorry to the viewers at home. I'm never going to say Verstappen's going to win any of these races. I can't put that in the air. I can't do it. But what I will say is... uh I hope it is mixed weather. I do think I uh, on on form and on you know how it's gone. I think it's a. I think yeah, Red Bull do look strong around there, uh, and Verstappen has had two of his best drives. I think at Interlagos, so you know it, it looks ominous. Uh, so I'm hoping for some mixed weather to mix it up a bit and sorry, bring the teams a bit closer for Hamilton win. Yeah, listen. If you speak that into existence and it happens, Jimmy. we're getting your prize anyway. That, exactly, that? it's a win-win situation. You win, and then I know, I know, I know, I know Richard caught an L as well on Tomo's prediction. Ah, uh, but so, we we caught the maddest. Ah, uh, do you know what I mean? First hurdle, you know. But first hurdle, that's how it is, man. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Mark, so what's your prediction for Interlagos? Lowest, there's a lot of low speed corners and. A- Red Bull's really good around those. Um, I think that sprint weekend nonsense just kind of throws everything up in the air. Um, I'll go... No. Yeah, we'll say Max. We'll say Max. I'll say Max. Uh, Max win. Max win. Lewis... Two, I think what as three. So Mercedes getting more points. Mercedes getting more points. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Max win. Okay. Uh, Conley, Interlagos thoughts. It always rains in Interlagos. Something always happens. It always rains in Interlagos, man. You get a Nico Hulkenberg pole position in Interlagos, man. It's a massive track. And that place hates Lewis as well. So, man, yeah. What's your prediction? Um, um, I'm going Lewis, Lewis and Valtteri one two. Um, Max DNF, DNF, um, right? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I might be wrong. I might get cooked for this in like three weeks' time. Nah, but clip it. Clip it when it happens, bro. <laughs> but Lewis, Lewis, Mercedes one two, Max DNF, um, and probably Leclerc third and Checo in fourth. So definitely Mercedes getting more points. Okay. Okay. We've got the first DNF shot of the of these predictions. Um Kwame. I, listen, we can't even bring any analysis for this track because we have no idea what I'm going with this track. Nope. So nope. I'm just going to ask nope. you this all track your is, uh, ready, bro. We don't know about Qatar. We'll, no, this one is. Qatar's ready. Oh, Qatar's ready. Qatar and Jeddah. I mean, yeah. So Qatar and Jeddah were just vibes in on predictions. The vibes. Gonna, is just, this is yeah, literally yeah. roulette. There can't be any analysis. Nah. This is literally definition of vibes and in, it's literally vibes and inshallah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kwame, what, what's your prediction for? What's your? Uh, you know what? Yeah, just to save us time, I'm gonna do Qatar and Jeddah predictions at the same time. Uh, so, cool. Kwame, cool. what's your what's your Qatar uh, and Jeddah predictions? Yeah. Who's your race winners? Qatar, I feel like um, I feel like uh, Hamilton in that race. I feel like because the Qatar track. From what we've seen of it, the layout is quite similar to Bahrain. And Mercedes always do well, tend to do well, sorry, in Bahrain. So I'm not going to say, um, yeah, Hamilton for that one. I'm going to say Mercedes get more points overall. I feel like, again, for Saudi, Saudi's a bit different because it seems like it's going to be, we didn't know if it's, it's going to be there, man. I can't lie. I know these guys on job and they'll do it, but it's like five weeks or, and we're not sure. I feel like Hamilton again going to get a win there. I don't know why. He just seems to be better in these. Um, Look at these new races that come out of nowhere. The ones that everyone just like just race and he just does his thing. I feel like that that will happen uh, again. I feel like Bottas will be one two as well again. And I also feel like Max would. Listen, I'm not counting Free. this prediction, but you can't have me. Free Kwame, man. It's an out Kwame. Free Kwame. Free Kwame at the jailhouse. Bang your doors. Bang them. All right, put, <laughs> I'm gonna come back to you, Kwame, on private chat for that oh, prediction. Man. Put yourself on mute, <laughs> Dasha. What is your prediction for Jetta oh, and Qatar? Oh, oh, Qatar and Jetta. Uh, I'll go Who's for <laughs> just bank it, bank it, bank it in. Lewis Hamilton twice. Fuck it, Lewis Hamilton twice. <laughs> what Merck twice as well? Uh, you know what? You know what? Yeah, no. I'm gonna say I feel like. Ferrari are the only ones who haven't had like a, a, a like a win. Like obviously, like obviously, other teams haven't had a win. Like, but McLaren have won. I feel like Ferrari have been close. They've got this upgrade on the engine. You know, they do look rapid. Uh, and I think at one of these two, I just feel like it's going to be crazy. We're going into nighttime races and nighttime races can be a bit crazy as well. So I'm going to go one Lewis Hamilton win, let's say in Qatar. And then in Saudi, I'm going to say Sainz win. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz Jr. Carlos Sainz Jr. Yeah, no, it's Sainz. Hey, listen, if Sainz gets a win before Leclerc this season, <laughs> Twitter's going to melt down. Oh, man. Food. 
Give me a tip. The, the agenda, I will agenda. <laughs> if science, if science beats Leclerc, oh my god, he, uh, he's doing a fantastic job in that. Well, you, you've got that agenda as well. What the science over Leclerc? You know, not very. You've strong. got a Leclerc agenda too. I do, I don't mind Leclerc. Tandy hates Ferrari. Like it is like a passionate hate, and like you'll try push on it. And she just hates man. You know when they ask why people are why you why don't you like immigrants? And they'll just be like, I'm fucking taking our jobs. That's what Tandy's like. You ask about Ferrari, she just be like, ah, oh, conspiracy theory. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't like Ferrari. Hate Ferrari and McLaren. I, they're both in the same boat for me. But why? You're a Williams fan. Nobody's trying to hear what you got to say. He's oh, a Williams. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> I don't care what you have to say. Ferrari and McLaren, I I can't wait for them both to bin it next year. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Nasha, so in Qatar, you've got uh, Merck winning more points than Red Bull? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then the same for Jeddah as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole season, bro. Yeah. Don't don't worry about me. All right, all right. Mars, what's your predictions for Qatar and Jeddah? Who's your race winners and who's going to score more points, Red Bull or Merck? One of them's gonna be a safety car fest. Um, just gonna have like three safety cars. I feel. Um, yeah, I feel. No, let's give it work. I think Hamilton Qatar because I feel like that's just gonna be a procession race. It's not. I don't, it doesn't. The track doesn't seem that wide. Um, the corners aren't really suited for the Red Bull Weaver. So I think that'll be a Merck. One, two, possibly another one, two. Um, Saudi, I think it will be a bit of a mix up, mix up. So, I, I'm, I'm with Nasha on that. I think you could see a Ferrari or even a McLaren win that. I'll go with the, I'll go with the Ferrari. As I said they haven't had a good weekend yet, so I think they might have a good weekend. I think Hamilton will finish number two. Max DNF. I think the sandal getting his engines. Two DNFs. Um, this is crazy. Um, I I genuinely think there'll be a max DNF at some another max DNF at some point. Um, and I so think you, got, you said a Ferrari's going to win. Who are you picking out of the Ferraris? Oh, um, well, science. Science. Okay. Guy. You're not picking Leclerc. <laughs> Must <laughs> said it like a no brainer. I'm picking science, bro. What are you <laughs> Leclerc gets no respect on this pod. Oh, dearie me. Um, so uh, who's scoring more points, Merkel or Red Bull and Jeddah? Um, I think just Max has got because DNF. you already said he's got DNF. If Max has got DNF, yeah, I can't yeah, really yeah, pick. Right. I can't really it? pick thing. But <laughs> Bottas is gonna absolutely, he's gonna absolutely bin it as well. I don't. Oh. He's gonna bin it. He's not <laughs> he he's gonna absolutely oh. bin it. I could feel it. He, he said it with so it. much. You said it. You said it. You know, you know like that man that. You know that them man that break short uh, short break at a roundabout so they can get insurance claims. That's what you're trying to basically say. Bottas is gonna bin it on purpose. Just say fuck it. This is my leaving present for Merck. I'm out. Um, all right. So we got your predictions. Kunle, what's your predictions for Qatar and uh, Jeddah? Mm. Who's your race winners and who will be race winner and Jeddah? Jeddah, I would say probably Max. Qatar, I would say Lewis. Um. I feel like Merck come up with more points in both tracks, just because I don't know, man. I'm not 
Checo, Checo's let me down to this year. I thought he was going to put that man in a pack, but he's been putting a pack. Chewed, yo, spat out. You're a mare. And, uh, let me yeah. pull that. Every time you say it, I'm going to say you had a mare. You thought I had a mare. Checo man. was going to put Mac in a pack. I had, I had, I had, I had big, I had big Checo stocks, man. He did quick, bro. But yeah, that, that's disappointing. So I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Mercedes will outscore Red Bull on at least four of the four of the last five races. Okay. Personally. Okay. I feel personally. Merck, Merck have, have have his constructors wrapped up. I don't think yeah. Merck will... I don't, don't think they're struggling. The gap, the gap think... ain't that big though, man. The gap yeah, not big. It's, it's not that big, but I don't see them, I don't see them losing it. I don't see yeah. Merck losing constructors. Again, with context, if the engine, if the engine doesn't engine, basically, I'm gonna if the engine don't engine, uh, I'm just going back there. If the engine don't engine, then Mike will be fine. All right, cool. Uh, Kwame, final pick. Abu Dhabi, Finale. Who you got as your race winner? Who scores more points, Merck or Red Bull? I hope you have card this time, man. Touch wood. Um, I feel like, you see, Abu Dhabi could be anything. That's the issue. Abu Dhabi is a trap. Anything can happen. Um, I said that my, I'm not sure if it, if it, if it came through for a cough, but I said uh, in... Either Saudi, either Saudi or Qatar, I feel like Max will have a DNF, which I think, which I think will close the gap. I'm gonna give Lewis a win uh, in this race. And constructors, who I feel like more the constructors in general, but for this race, yeah, I really don't know. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give him a say as well, just about. See if they're ball, but I'm giving him just about. Perez this season, continue what Kune said, he's really been the Mexican um physical in my opinion, bro. Because he's been Me- doing Mexican well Fisher teams. Keller. Bro, oh physically hey, my first physically my first love, man. I can't lie, man. Uh, it's always racing dog, but hey, as Jensen himself said, Fizzy was a good driver in mid to dead cars. He's joined the Saba and the Jordan and the Force India. But when he went to the Renault, he wasn't really there alone. So he got the podiums, say no more, but you know, wasn't competing with the uh, championship, and that's what Perez done. We need to take a driver better than Albon and um, Gasly, but hasn't been up there as as, as, as uh, said there with Max. Um, so yeah, I I think that Mexican Fisher Keller is going to stick here like that name, and I'm not going to lie. I might have to. It's kind of hard it's still. It's not trademark yeah. that still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you um, see the wheels turning. I was like, <laughs> Uh, what's your final pick Abu Dhabi obviously Um, I wonder who I wonder who's going to win the last race this Mm. season to take the title Hmm. Mm. Hmm. I wonder who I'm going to say I'm going to say Lewis Hammond bruh (laughs) (laughs) you mad what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing this into existence whether you like it or not I'm telling you now yeah it was like I felt dirty watching myself back on Tubbo and I was being so nice to him. And I was trying to know, yeah, I was trying to, you know, on college job power, he's like, I'm trying to get you in here with these white people. Is that you doing me? That's what I was trying to do. But I was trying to be, I was trying to be a good, trying to be a good Negro over on that channel. And they still come on my channel and leave all these comments, yeah? Let me tell you now. To all of you, man, I'm saying Hamilton's going to win the title. At Abu Dhabi, and uh, I'm never saying a nice word about Verstappen. Summer balls. <laughs> what, what do we say here? We say old that, old that, old that, no safety. 
Um, and Merck obviously <laughs> scoring more points. You know what? I'm gonna take that. Big four four no safety. Big four four no safety. Big four four no safety. But man, that's that's when that's the pod title we're using when Lewis wins. Yeah. Okay. When he wins it all, we're claiming that. All right. All right. Mark, Mark, what's your what's your picks for the last race? Um, come on, man. Uh, ooh, Lewis, yeah, Lewis. But Alonso's gonna find. You know what I feel? Alonso's gonna find the way to just get himself in between. In one of these five races, Alonso's gonna play a part in it, and I'm gonna hate him for it. And I'm absolutely gonna hate him for it. I don't like that guy. I've never dashed anything at my TV. But I would dash something at my TV. I'm telling you, I know that. I know he's going to do something. He's going to do something. But Kimi retirement is going to save Lewis. And um, yeah, he's going to Kimi retiring. Kimi is going to retire in that final race. He's going to get a safety car. Lewis will win it. On the the final three laps, Lewis is going to come back and win it. Yeah. Uh, Mark, so who gets more points? Uh, Red Bull or Merck on that last race? Um, I think uh, Bottas will have a brilliant final race. So I think it'll be um, Max two, Bottas three. So yeah, overall. Yeah, as I say, Merck win the constructors. And I think, yeah, they, they got it wrapped up now, to be honest. Lock, locked in. Final pick before we end the pod, Conley. Lewis, Debbie, what are you thinking? Lewis. Lewis wins. Lewis wins. Max second, Bottas third, Checo fourth or sixth, or wherever I wants to finish. Fuck that guy. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, fuck that. You got to stop today. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, bro, 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 bro. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. No, 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 no. I'm down bad, man. I'm down bad. Mexican Fisher Keller. He can't turn up. He can't turn up when it's time for the title to be. to be. He can't come fuck up the team for Lewis. Like, when he was meant to do his job. He didn't do his job, so I'm not really, I'm not worried for that man no more. You know what I feel like? I feel like it's going to come down to a fastest lap and they're going to need to take it away and they're going to call Gasly and Gasly's going to absolutely bin it on that fastest lap and he's hey, going to bin it and win it for us. I like Gasly. Bin it and win it for us because Gasly, we know you're a CEO of LL. LH44, we know you. This are. podcast has gone on too long. This is a Gasly is a Lewis fanboy, bro. <laughs> he is. I know it's true. It's true. He is a Lewis fanboy. They're, they're not going to always twitching. They're always twitching together. They're but like twitch. I said, like I said, if Gasly doesn't do it, he will be in West London working in the Alpha Tari shop. He will no longer be a racing <laughs> And it's all within the same contract. You know, like them Shug Knight contracts where it used to give rappers. You know the contracts where it stipulates if you're no longer driving, you are working retail for us in Alphatari. He's got all of those yeah. kind of contracts. You know what I'm saying? But you think it's gonna be an 18 model? Yeah? Not even gonna get paid. He doesn't even get paid <laughs> in money. Point, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> he just gets paid in Alphatari drip. That's how he gets paid. And listen, listen, Alphatari drip. Red Bull cans and Alphatari drip. Still. But okay, yeah. um, they got merch still. All the picks are locked in. We will update you on who wins. And um, they will get a shiny prize. Um, thank you, Nasha, for coming on. We, If we had the claps, you know, the applaud thing. Let's give, yeah. him, a, let's give him a clap. Everybody. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. Thank you for coming on, brother. You've been amazing. Thank you. Um, you're welcome here every time, anytime. And if Lewis wins, you know we're going to have to have a UN meeting. Look, uh, 
man first off thank you for having me on this has been so much fun i can't wait to listen back um and yeah look if we pull off the title this season which is still so possible um I just think it will, we're going to have the greatest celebration known in, in podcast history. And uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to like it, documenting that and just having that in as like a piece of history that, you know, that we're going to make. And I think, you know, we'd have, we'd have really played our part this season. So, no, thank you very much for having me I on. I just want to say, I do not apologise for my behaviour when Lewis wins. That's it. <laughs> I do look, not apologise for my behaviour. Look, like, like, these lot think I'm biased now. You think I'm biased now? Trust me. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, plug all the socials. Plug, plug your quick stop again. Quickstopf at Quickstopf one on Insta, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, come and say hello. Come follow us. We you know we, we we love talking to everyone. Uh, and yeah, man. Uh, good luck to Lewis for the rest of the season. Yeah. Shout out to Fandy as well. Yeah, hello Tandy. It's me. Um, And um, catch us on Pitstop Fracker on Twitter. Follow us. If you like this video, please like this video. Please subscribe. Subscribe. Please, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please write a review. Give it five stars. And interact with us on Twitter. Leave loads of comments. We get back to you. As you may know, we do get back to you. So tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah. We will be plug back. Your girl, plug your girl's mom, plug your girl's mom, plug your girl's mom, plug everyone. <laughs> okay, cool, lady, cool, lady. We're gonna cut you off. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week with our review of the Mexican Grand Prix. Uh, peace. Podcast Network.